Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here. Technically, April 14th. We're taping this on Thursday. I'm joined by some guy who, as we've, say, as we've said, has seen some shit in his day. Next week, he's going to see some shit. He's heading back to Orlando. Aren't you? You didn't get shit canned or anything since we talked, have you? Not yet. Not yet. It's, it's on the way, though, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, knock on wood. No, hopefully not. Everything is uh, still going good, uh, still going forward. But uh, we fly, I fly out next Wednesday for a, uh, another full week of tapings at the Impact Zone in Orlando. Seems like I was just there. Yeah, that should be fun. Is there anybody that you're just like, man, I don't want to see that motherfucker there? Uh, no, I like everybody there pretty much. Nobody I dislike that I don't want to see. What a lie. What a lie. Talk to who am I supposed to who am I supposed to dislike? Give me a hint. I'm trying to get a headline here. I'm trying to get a headline, Shane. Anything for a click. Anything for a click. We're gonna talk about that today. I figure that's a good subject is wrestling journalism. You didn't tell me you didn't tell me what the hell we were talking about, so I'm just jumping on here. Don't know what the hell's going on. I didn't prepare, so why should you? Sounds good then. We'll talk about that later because, as we've said, you've seen some shit in your day, but we'll, we'll just shoot the shit. We'll shoot the shit for a little bit. Anything you're looking forward to out of these out of these tapings? Uh, well, actually, live show, live show, right? Live shows. I always always enjoy the live shows. I'm actually looking forward to tonight since we're recording this on Thursday, so I haven't seen uh, the show that came on this week. Uh, so th- this will be my actual. My actual in-ring debut for Impact Wrestling, uh, which will happen uh, this week. So uh, that's pretty neat. Um, pretty neat the way it happened and all that. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, but as far as the next week, you know, I'm just looking forward to seeing what we what we got going for with the, some of the new talents that we're bringing in and some of the ones we've all, already brought in, how we're trying to, you know, get these people groomed, get the storylines moving forward and just seeing uh, – what all the changes are, impact wrestling is unpredictable. Like, like I always say, even to us, because we don't know what the hell's going on. So, 
So let's talk a little bit about this since this will have aired after the match airs. How did you feel getting back in the ring? You obviously got back in shape for it. I should have known that's the only reason you'd be drinking protein shakes before our no. damn shows. It's the only <laughs> not, reason. Not at all. You don't care uh, for your own health. I didn't know until a couple of days before those tapings that that's what we were going to do. So uh, uh, just getting back in shape was something me and the missus did. Uh, we were doing it together. She Get, was actually training back for a show. Let's be honest. There was no getting back into shape for the missus. The missus was already in shape. Yeah, she's always, I mean, she's always looked phenomenal. But, like, uh, as far as championship level, and she just won another two championships. I wanted uh, to talk about that, too. We'll get to that after this. Uh, so, you know, getting in shape with her was, uh, was a lot of fun. You know, I got up to about uh, – it was 239, actually, last September. Dad bod, full of fit, y'all. Uh, and, uh, I remember the Shearer Shuffle video. You were like, don't talk to me about the sheer shuffle video. I looked horrible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I took the last half of last year off. And when I take time off, I need you to understand, I take time off. That means I ain't <laughs> doing shit. That means ain't no dieting, ain't no nothing. Just getting fat on the couch, chilling. But it was happy fat. It wasn't like, uh, you know, I was depressed or <laughs> any kind of shit like that. I was yeah. just chilling. And I'm 42 now, so, you know, back in the day, I could just chill and nothing would happen. Everything would still yeah. stay in place. But, uh, and two, with the uh, with the diet that kids have, and I know, you know, kid, kids eat cookies and, and fucking candy and shit all the time. Now, I know it's not great for them, but, you know, I'm not going to sit there and deprive my kids of cookies and stuff. So, and if they're in the house, dad creeps in there. You know, They're so, going to uh, get eaten. They're going to get eaten, so. uh but at, at the beginning of the year, me and me and the missus, uh, we got you know uh, we started training together pretty well, and uh, so everything's looking good. So I hope it looks good on TV. Like I haven't seen anything. I think it's a good motivating thing too. I mean, whenever I want to get in shape for a grappling tournament, I'm like, I, I tell the wife, I'm like, hey, let's work out together. We can play soccer. We can really do anything. It, it helps push you. Uh, how did you feel physically? In the ring, I did see the tweet, and maybe you told me once. You're like, "Well, I'm not taking any back body drops." Oh, I stopped taking them. Them motherfuckers a while back. You know, I'm done with them. I, to me, yeah, the juice is the squeeze on one of those. Not at all. Uh, so yeah, it doesn't get a pop, and it hurts like hell. That's the exact opposite of what I want to do out there. Uh, but I felt okay. You know, um, I actually went the day of and got in in the ring with one of the fellas. And it's like, uh, I need to take a couple bumps. And I can't just fall down no more. I need to be knocked down. So <laughs> I can't just stand there and fall on my own accord anymore. So, uh, you know, I got in there and wanted to knock some of the dust off real quick. I didn't want my first bump to be in the match in case my body actually broke apart like a piece of glass <laughs> on TV. So uh, I felt okay, you know. Uh, like I say, I, but uh, but I felt like a 42-year-old man. If that, if Who'd you get in there with? Uh, I think it was Trevor. Me and Trevor got in there. Nice. So, I mean, how'd, how'd you feel physically after the match? Uh, not bad. Not bad at all, you know, so. But, I, I mean, I didn't go out there and go full heel. Don't, I mean, I didn't go out there and have an Iron Man match. So, it just, it was, you know, yeah. I played a chicken shit heel in and out, uh, got in and uh, did some stuff at the end, but it wasn't like it was, a, you know, <laughs> it wasn't an Iron Man match. But it was a good, it was a good first uh, foray back into the ring in a while. I'm excited to see it. Do you think that, because you said you didn't find out until a few days before, do you think Impact saw, hey, he's making a real effort to get back in shape. Maybe we can approach him about this. 
No, they wanted me to do stuff since I got there, you know, but uh, oh, okay. I just wanted to try different stuff and wanted to do different things. And I didn't want to get in the ring until I was ready either. So uh, they wanted me to get in the ring since the day I uh, came with the company. Um, but it was just me wanting to pace it. I didn't think it was needed at certain times and I didn't want to waste it until we had something good. And so, uh, you know, I, I thought that what we did was pretty good. What other kind of stuff have they, have they pitched at you or was it just a general, hey, get in the ring type of thing? Oh, it's just, you ready? You want to, you want to get in the ring? You know, they wanted me yeah. to get one of the Ultimate X matches, you know. Oh, uh, no. Just all kinds of stuff to use the name value. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I still, there's still some value to the, to the Hurricane Helms name. So, uh, and understandably so, you know, that's why it's the Helms dynasty. So, you know, get out of that what you can, you know, squeeze, you know, squeeze every bit of juice out of it, kid. Um <laughs> But it was just, you know, especially at Ultimate X, I was like, I don't need to be out there with them flipping bastards. Let them go do that shit. I'll be on the floor cheering Trevor on or Andrew on or something like that. I don't need to be out there doing that shit. But uh, we'll see going forward because the more I get back into it and I'm starting to fill up the schedule again, you know, I got some stuff in Europe, Germany coming up, uh, and some a lot of stuff here in the States, you know, starting to take a lot of bookings again, whereas I was just saying no for, like I said, all of last year. Um so we'll see. We'll see how the, if the body holds up. We'll see what happens. Speaking of cheering on, Karen did pretty damn well last weekend, did she not? Hell yeah, boy, that girl's legs are insane. Uh, she literally was this close to winning four uh, four golds. You know, oh, wow. The girl that won the overall, like her shoulders and stuff, were a little bit more popped, but her legs weren't even close to Karen's. And, and like in those things in judges, it just kind of depends on what the judges were yeah. going for. You know, uh, and even a couple of them told me, said a couple of different judges the other way, and she could have went home with everything here. And that's the first time in seven years she's been on the stage. So it was really impressive to see the amount of work and dedication that she put into it. And it gave me a new respect for it because, you know, in wrestling, you know, people only see what we, when we're in the ring for that, you know, 15, 20 minutes. They only see that little bit of shorter time. They don't see all the hours in the gym and the hours in the car and all the sacrifices you take to get to those, to those moments. Well, man, like that, that sort of competition is exactly the same, like, but even a little bit more intense because they're doing all of this crazy dieting and man, just the dedication and commitment to that diet is unreal because, um, I mean, it's just so strict, and she's eating shit that I couldn't just eat. Like, I could never do yeah. it. You know, like, I hate fish, and I got a bad reaction to broccoli. Like, just the, the smell of broccoli makes me physically ill. Like, I'll smell it, and, like, I'll start to gag. It's the worst thing. Like, I live my whole life with not letting that shit in my house. But now she has to cook it all the time because she yeah. – She's doing another competition in a couple of weeks, so she's right back at it. You know, so fish and broccoli, all that. I'm just going to move outside or some shit. It's always funny when I see The Rock. By the way, if you guys want to check out our show about uh, Shane Helms and The Rock's feud, that's over on Fightful.com under the Shane Helms podcast. But you'll always see his motivational stuff. Anybody can do what I do. Anybody can do it. Just do it. I'm like, motherfucker, you eat 40 pounds of cod a day. 40 pounds of cock. Cod. Oh, Cod. Cod. Yeah, that's um. Not everybody can do that shit, man. That is that is definitely true, you know. And I've always had a good perspective on things. I've worked really hard my entire life, but I've also seen other people work hard and shit just didn't happen for them, you know. <laughs> so it's always interesting when I hear successful people talking about you can do it too. That that's just yeah. not true. 
you're, you're, <laughs> one can do that shit. you're one of the many people I've talked to before who have said, like, Shelton Benjamin doesn't have to work out a day in his life. Like, he just – I hate him. He's just, he's just like that. I hate that motherfucker with all my heart. <laughs> I mean – If I didn't love him and he wasn't one of my, my best friends, I'd hate him. Oh, man. Before we get into this uh, this wrestling journalism topic, I want to talk to you about Towelgate. Or as, by, oh, yeah. as, as conspiracy theorists are calling it, Towel 7. Nice. That's actually not bad at all. Towel 7 is pretty yeah. good. Uh, well, first of all, on the show last week, I picked Cormier. You picked Rumble. Let's, so you were wrong again. However, no, no, I'm, I'm just letting me state what you go on the defense. Incorrect, which is kind of par for the course with you and I on these fight picking things. However, after seeing the wake, after seeing the weigh in and seeing Cormier's face and seeing the bullshit with the towel, I went online and then I picked Rumble. So I switched it to Rumble <laughs> because of that weigh in, because weigh ins are generally a tail. I, I didn't know that Rumble had already checked out, that he had mentally, he was Gone. already done with the game. And that's bullshit, man. I'd rather – I think that's worse than whatever people are calling Talgate. Like, if you're yeah. going to retire and quit, man, then let us know so we don't go waste our money watching this half-assed bullshit fight because that's exactly what it was. You know, all Buffalo of the respect – Go ahead. Buffalo got fucked Saturday night. Yeah, all due respect, he's a fighter, and I've always liked watching him fight. But, man, he, he was done. There was that was a very minimal effort right there, man. Like, and the game plan reflected that. Imagine mm-hmm. having the most knockout power of any light heavyweight maybe ever. And that's covering some territory, Shane. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like if him and Chuck Liddell slugged it out, I got Rumble Johnson there. Now yeah, yeah. and he threw very few punches in the fight and he initiated the it wasn't just it, you remember how we were talking last week and I said maybe Rumble catches uh, Cormier with a short uppercut, and you're like, well, Cormier a lot of times initiates his takedowns from the clinch. Mm-hmm. Rumble Johnson just was like, here, take this clinch. This was Cat Zingano versus Ronda Rousey level game planning. It was moronic. It was stupid. And then when he wasn't clinching, he was throwing head kicks, which is another thing you don't want to do against a wrestler, if at all possible. The kicks don't bother me at bad. The kicks didn't bother me as bad in the beginning because they kept him at a distance. I would say yeah. he actually did more of Ronda's game plan against Holly Holm. Like, let me go against yeah. my strengths and go for my opponent's strengths at all costs. Like, uh, why are you going to wrestle an Olympian? It's not just that Cormier has good wrestling. It's not that, like, just that's his advantage. He's an Olympian. You know, I wrestled heavyweight. I wrestled Josh Barnett. Turned him inside out with a high crotch. Yeah. Let's not, you know, and then, like, I mean, the thing about Rumble is he's a one-dimensional fighter, but that one dimension is fucking terrifying, you know, but that's that's what he is. But let, let's just not do that at all. It, it's like he wanted to lose, man. It's like, let me go ahead and get this shit over with. And who knows what he's going through in his life. I know his post-fight press conference, yeah. he still sounded upbeat and positive, but it, the, the fight didn't reflect that. So, I mean, who, who really knows? And then the bullshit in the semi-main event. They're just doing dusty finishes these days, man. They're trying to draw some heat. They're doing some angles. I, I wrote a I wrote an article that said that UFC 210 was the most pro wrestling thing I've covered in the last two weeks. Between the implant <laughs> gate, I mean, did you have any idea who the fuck Pearl Gonzalez was before we found out that she had implants? You had no idea, yeah. right? No. 
Not at all. And then, then after she gets beat, you got Dana White with Cynthia Cavillo on the stage. Ha ha, this girl, she's ready. Here she is, your new star. Let's go. That was The Rock holding up Roman Reigns' hand in front of a booing crowd in Philadelphia. That was so did the girl, shit, too. The girl with the implants lost? Because I didn't even get to see. She lost, but she won. Because everybody knows who she is now. I got you. I, I, I was talking to um, – I don't think – and uh, I'm sure there will be some female uh, – viewers, whatever, that might correct us on this, but I don't think implants bust like they used to anymore because I think they're more of a gummy bear type thing. And I'm just saying this because I bought a couple pair in my day. And the last pair I bought where it was like, a, it was a, the way they were described to us. It was that they don't bust anymore. They might crack or something like a, like a gummy bear, but they're designed so that they don't bust and leak into the body. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, you know, for people that are afraid of them busting or bursting, uh, I don't think that's as big of an issue with the newer ones as it was with some of the older ones. How much so have you there. spent on those in, in your day? We will not talk about that, but it was worth <laughs> every penny. <laughs> uh, and then, especially the last pair is my favorite. Oh, man. Jesus Christ. This UFC light heavyweight division, it's in a sad way. Uh, Patrick Cummins should be the number 10 ranked uh, light heavyweight right now. I don't know why the hell he's he's not. But if you put Patrick Cummins in the cage with non-TRT Vitor Belfort up from 185 pounds, a half-hearted Vitor punch takes Patrick Cummins out. That's the yeah. state of the UFC light heavyweight division. We are one injury away from Shogun Hua getting a title shot in 2017. That's where we are. Do you know who Volkan Ozdemir is? Because he's the number five ranked light heavyweight in the world right now. Uh, I can't. I can't place the name, so I'm guessing no. Exactly. And that used to be. It's still the two of fives are still the most terrifying guys I think on the planet. And I say that because some of the heavyweights I can outrun and get away from if they chase me. The two of five guys are pretty fast too. So. Sure. But uh, isn't, uh, I just heard, too, I think I heard that Jacare might be leaving after this weekend. He's a free agent. His contract of is up. So he might be leaving, and Musasi's probably probably leaving. Or is that a definite? Or is that still up in the it's not. It, his contract's up. It's not a definite yet. If I were Musashi and Weidman, I'm jumping up to 205 immediately once I see Volkan Odzimir is ranked number five because a, a win or two gets you in a title shot right there. Uh, Musashi was offered a title shot last fall against Anthony Rumble Johnson, an interim title fight, but Johnson didn't take it. That makes me wonder if Johnson knew back then that he was going to leave because he turned down the interim title fight and waited six months for Cormier. So it makes me wonder if he was like, no, I want the real title. Why was uh, six months? Who was the, uh, why was there an interim title fight? Well, it was supposed to – when Cormier got hurt and was pulled from the, the, the Rumble fight the first time, they offered Rumble a fight against Gegard Musashi for the interim light heavyweight title. And, and Rumble said no. And that, that would have been fine with me because Musashi, I, I think maybe he's like six or seven in one career at light heavyweight. Like he's, he's a legit light heavyweight fighter. If start he his reign. There. What Did is it? Cormier start his reign as an uh, interim champion? Yeah. So it would be the interim to the interim. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of damn interims. It is. So let's get into today's topic. We're going to talk wrestling journalism. Now, obviously, it's how I make my career doing this shit. 
when I'm not talking trash to you. But I mean, you as a guy inside the business who has wrestled, has worked as an agent, uh, you've done podcasts, obviously. I'm sure sometimes you have a plenty different take on it. Me and you have went at it a few times over MMA journalism. Now, you've been involved in some stuff like, you know, your arrest and some behind the scenes stuff. How do you feel you were covered in like some of your more controversial moments? Do you feel it was fair? Do you feel like you were railroaded? And how does one handle that? Uh, it wasn't all fair, but some of it was definitely justified. You know, <laughs> I mean, if you do something stupid and as holy as you know, you get a, it's going to get out there, especially in this day and age. Uh, but it was, of course, there was a couple ones where they, the, uh, the headlines knew what they were doing. Like when I beat up that guy, it was at a club called Rehab. Oh. And they put Hurricane gets arrested at, after fighting at rehab, like I was in a drug center or something. You know, they knew yeah. what they were doing with that. Um, and then a couple of things, like if there's any uh, mistakes in the article, the, the retraction is minimal. You know, the retraction oh, yeah. is nowhere near as exploitative or, you know, g- gets the hype and push as the main story. So, um, so it, if they do things that, you know, and if they make a mistake with it that could hurt somebody, I think they should be just as strong going forward as, as when they're correcting that mistake, you know, because at the end of the day, if you're making money off a of business, you should respect it and want it to continue and not try to hurt it. And if you're hurting the people inside, then you're hurting the business as well. So, um, but some of it was totally justified, you know, I mean, you know, like the whole thing with me and Jericho, that thing was like the equivalent of a jaywalking ticket. That's what we got. Yeah. But like websites tried to make it out. Like it was a fucking attempted manslaughter charge, you know, and then, I mean, and we both laughed about that shit, you know, ever since. But at the same time, when it happened, we're like, really? Come on. Y'all, y'all can't tell that this is just two idiots acting out. It just happened recently with uh, Rick Flair. You know, I guess he had some kind of, he called a bartender a fat ass or something. Totally like, lose some weight. Yeah, whatever. It's just so, so stupid. I was like, really? Like, that's a story? And it just, anything for a click, you know. And if that's how you make your money, I, I get it. But it's not something I could do, man. I, I couldn't go out there and just try to, you know, talk shit about a legend in the business and a business, especially that I love just to get a click. So I'm, I'm glad I don't have that job. One of the things that I like is that today more than ever, especially in the, the journalistic climate we're in where well, I'll get to that, but good journalism practices are more prevalent than ever in wrestling because it's being pressured that way. You get people there. There's a, a good website called, uh, or a sheet sandwich talking sheet podcast where they basically hold these journalists accountable and say, you need to cite your fucking sources. You need to follow up. You need to ask people that I appreciate because I went to school for this shit and there's not a lot of people who did and that's okay. You don't have to, you know, it's not a, it's not a mandatory. It helped me a lot, but that has changed a little bit, but now we're in this situation with journalism. See, but in I, respect, I respect that a little bit more. Like these days having a damn keyboard makes you a journalist and I don't agree with yeah. that. Like, no, it doesn't. Yeah. You're and just copying some... and pasting a bunch of bullshit that somebody else found out. Yeah. And that, that's a weird thing. Like Dave Meltzer, I respect him. I think the guy's great. A lot of what the, the one aspect I don't like a lot of times his opinions are reported as fact because they're not separated in what he right. produces. Yeah. I think that's that's a slippery slope. There are websites like I think it's ProWrestling.net or and people like that who put their point of view separately below. Yeah. I think that's fair. It may show your bias towards an article, though. Um, 
with those situations that you experienced, how often? Now, granted, a couple of these situations were before social media was so prevalent. How often did websites reach out to you for comment? Uh, very few, very few. You know, I, 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 think, I mean, I'm sure. I think that's a problem. I, I couldn't really recall it. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Like uh, when uh, you know, we'll just stay on Meltzer since he was the one. Like uh, last year, or, or you know, whatever the first couple of months after I got the impact, he kept talking about this bad morale backstage, and I was just like. No, I'm back here. There's no bad morale backstage. Well, my sources and all this bullshit, and I'm like, well, I don't know who your sources are because you won't give a fucking name. I'm giving you a name. Like, I'm giving, I'm telling you I'm there. I got a, you know, I got a name in this business, and I'm telling you I'm back there, and that's a fucking lie. And uh, and so, yeah, I don't like that whole, because you can, anybody could just say my sources, and you don't even know if they're telling the truth or not. I don't, I got no reason to suspect that he was lying, but at the same time, it, it, it was a lie because I'm backstage and everybody's kind of fucking chilling and having a good time, you know? Um, and I will add to that. Like I always say, I'm just always somebody pissing and moaning about something, but mm-hmm. you know, that's any job, even when things are going great, they'll be with somebody somewhere that's got, you know, bitching about catering or whatever, you know, might take them off that day. But uh, you know, like I, I really came forward and, and that turned into me attacking, attacking Dave and like, not, not at all. Dave has never really bothered me, you know, I've met Dave and he's always nice to me and everything. So but yeah, I was, very nice. that, that particular, you know, episode, whatever, I was like, man, that's that's really weird because I'm telling you, I'm I'm not an unnamed source. I'm a source who actually has a name and I'm telling you that yeah. that's not the fucking case. Why are you not believing me? You know? So strange. Well, whenever during impact tapings, generally throughout the tapings, I'm talking to at least a half a dozen people. Now, I'll go ahead and say, generally, Shane's not one of them that I'm talking to about the backstage stuff. I think that's a pretty big fucking conflict of interest. So I'll like bullshit with Shane a little bit. I'll tell him, watch out for the guitar shot or some shit like that. But uh, other than that, I'm not like prying Shane for info. I think it's really important in a situation like that to not generalize because I could talk to one person and they're fucking miserable no matter what, no matter how well they're booked, no matter anything. Then I could talk to another person who's maybe booked like shit and they're having the time of their life. I think that generalizing people and generalizing that situation is bad. For all I know right now, there could be two writers on my staff that fucking hate me. And And if you talk to those two writers – yeah, of course. And if you talk to those two writers, you could say, well, the morale is pretty shit. But then if you talk to the talk to the rest of them, you could it's easy to say one person I spoke to isn't that happy in the company. That's not a lie. Uh, I'm not saying that he lied or anything, but the generalizations are dangerous anywhere in in the world. Um has there ever been anything outside of that that you've read about yourself that you're like well, that's not true. Uh, yeah, I read that. Uh, well, I think you saw it. You like the site, the Sportster site. That site is fucking, fucking hate garbage. Them. I don't. You trash. like them. Uh, you like them because I got it on Facebook because whenever those jackasses pop up really? on my page, for somehow it'll say like by Sean motherfucking. Oh, well, Sportster and Sportskedia, I, I keep on there to make sure they don't steal my shit, if you want to be, oh, okay. let me be honest. And the richest. I keep them on there to make sure they're not copying and pasting my shit anymore because i've caught them all three doing it but there's a bunch of my friends on there that like that shit i want to like just write all of them and go what the fuck are you liking this garbage for i don't even know why Click i keep showing lists. up on my yeah, the Click Click bait bait list. but, um, 
Yeah, they were they were they were the ones that said I was a, a asshole in real life because I charged for autographs at an autograph signing. Yeah, <laughs> and oh, conventions, man. which is what which is what we're there for. What you should do is yeah. just set up at an airport and just chill there, since I mean, they're gonna, people are going to show up with the stacks eight by tens anyway. Just do them for free at the airport all day. Just set up a little stand. You can have your little your Virgil wrestling superstar background. You're good to go. That same article said I beat up three people at one time, though. So even though that was incorrect, I actually kind of appreciated that one. At least they're hyping me up a little bit. But I beat hey, up three fans. For no, how about I this? Don't, I don't even know why. Beat up three people at once. That's happening on Impact Wrestling this week. Boom. There you go, sir. Uh, I don't think I've read too many bad. I remember um, when when the thing with Jericho happened, and I had a, uh, I had a uh, pain pill in my little bag. And it was at the very bottom. It was my little, because uh, I didn't wear a fanny pack, but it was like, a, I don't even know what, a satchel fucking thing, whatever, <laughs> a, man, a man purse. And it was from when I, when I had my neck broke, but it was at the bottom. It was all dirty and covered in dirt, like with, you know, pennies and M&Ms and shit down there. <laughs> and so it was, you know, so the cop just wrote it down that that, that, that was there. So it wasn't like a big deal. They, I think they threw it in the fucking garbage. But yeah. there was one website that, one or two, whatever they said when it came out that also found drugs on him, like drugs, plural, and tried to really blow that up when it was just one thing as if it wasn't really well known that I had just came and back, came back from a spinal fusion. Yeah. So there should have been like a lot more if I'd actually fucking been taking anything, but, um, uh, they didn't really come at me too hard. It was just annoying. And at the time, I mean, like I said, I mean, the, uh, what happened was pretty accurate so we got in trouble and you know i don't really give a shit about that i actually put my mugshot up as my twitter profile just to let them know they can't yeah they can't fuck with me about this shit like i mean i wouldn't you know i'm a grown man sometimes men do dumb shit so i was never one of those guys that it was my demons that made me do anything or the fucking devil made me do it like no shit that was me i did a lot of good shit and every now and then i'll do something dumb just to balance the scales now say We've I've talked about maybe covering unfairly in one regard, but as journalism pushes forward, it's almost exclusively it's heading towards exclusively digital. It seems you do have people who aren't necessarily as qualified as they would have had to have been ten years ago. Which I mean, I don't know how qualified you ever had to be to cover pro wrestling in general. Do you think there needs to be more of? a legitimate aspect like covering the promotions, whether it's impact WWE and their business, because I know that you've been on both sides of it. You've seen like a lot of people covering saying impacts going out of fucking business type of shit. Mm -hmm. Do you think there has to be some accountability there? But at the same time, there are some people who won't touch shit like that because they're afraid impact or WWE might not hire them in the future because that's what a lot of people are worried about. They want that WWE job. They want that impact job. You know what there should be? There should be a scorecard on the headlines, whether they're right or wrong, like somebody's winning record. And so that every time a story is wrong, it goes in somewhere so you can see.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like a rotten tomatoes thing. It's like, oh, well, this journalist is 47% incorrect. You know, whatever. So you can find oh, out. I'm going to be honest. It ain't fucking hard to put the word report at the beginning of an article that's speculative. That's all mm-hmm. you got to do. Report. That way it, it reduces some sense of uh, responsibility for your own outlet. If you're reporting something, if you're writing about something someone else is reporting – responsibility has to be on the outlet to a degree, but it has to be on the person reporting it as well because you're supposed to get the information. You're supposed to verify it with a couple of independent sources and then run with it. In wrestling, that doesn't always happen. I, I didn't run with the Ricky Morton story because I, ha- I had a guy telling me, Ricky Morton's telling people around town he's going to the Hall of Fame. And I'm like, shit, hope Ricky's not hitting the bottle. That's what <laughs> I was thinking. I didn't even follow up on it, so I never ran with it. You never know. You never know. See? But yeah, yeah, I agree. I I don't. I think you got to have some sort of responsibility, right? Yeah, I think so. And, and two, you know, it'd be, it'd be nice if the narrative was a little bit more objective. You know, that was something I definitely noticed at TNA. Well, I knew, I know, I knew it before I even came to Impact. I should say, uh, it was just how you know what what I talked with you about before the Nickelback uh, syndrome, where people just think it's cool to bash TNA even when it's not true. And I would see, I see that from some of the websites too. You know, like, uh, like either last week or the week before, like overall attendance was down. Da- uh, overall attendance, overall viewership was down, but we went up in the ratings. Mm-hmm. So, how do you want to present that headline? Do you want to say uh, Impact loses audience, or do you want to say Impact goes up in the ratings? You could be honest and say both, but it's interesting to look at which sites are going to go one way and one are going to go the other. You know, I mean, the the honest headline was we say uh, viewership down, but ratings up. That's the honest. That's the honest or rankings, whatever your yeah, rankings, whatever the fuck it is. Uh, uh, that's that's telling the whole story. But I would sit there and look at which websites were, were highlighting on viewership being down, and which ones were highlighting on going actually going up in, in, in the ratings or rankings. And that's a that's it's a really tough slope telling. too. That's a tough slope too because damn, like uh, the the viewership and the ratings, it just it's not what it used to be. I'm not talking about the numbers. It's right. a different climate. It's a different world. Without a doubt. And, and, two, so, and that's another thing. I'm just throwing this in here completely off topic. But wrestling is the only show that I know of that fans give a fuck about the ratings. I never hear them talk about anything else. You know, I just got into One Punch Man, and I was kind of like just reading about it. And like nowhere do I see people talking about ratings or whatever the fuck or downloads or any of that shit. You know, just people talking about it. And, and like there's there's shows that I like that own Sundance TV, which isn't you know a major channel. And I don't know what the fucking ratings are, but the shows are fucking awesome, you know. And I just yeah. never hear other people talking about it. It's only wrestling fans that have this weird fucking obsession, and they just won't let it go. But the the news the websites kind of perpetuate that because they keep pushing pushing that forward too. You know, they're trying to tell a story there that it may it might be there and it might not be there, but who knows? Got, got to get what I like to do. Yeah, what I like to do, which I think is a lot more indicative of what segments 
attract individual eyeballs, we put up YouTube rankings uh, every like Tuesday, Wednesday, and uh, if Impact gets them up in a timely manner, we do them for them too. And we rank what the YouTube numbers are after about 18 to 20 hours. And you get it a little at the same time as the viewership, but you see what people are going out of their way to click on and watch individually. Like Nakamura last week, his debut blew up, and his segment with Dolph Ziggler blew up. Some 205 Live stuff didn't do necessarily as well. It shows you that the casual fans don't necessarily know what that is. Right. That That's another thing that has to adapt. Like wrestling journalism has to adapt as the wrestling business has to adapt. And I feel like a lot of times it hasn't necessarily done that. What's the talk or is there any backstage and impact like about ratings, numbers, social media, uh, figures, anything like that? Um, it doesn't come up a lot as far as ratings and stuff. Uh, not that I hear it, but I know, I mean, everybody wants the numbers to be up because you want more eyes on the prize, you know, no, no doubt about that. Um, so that's, you know, to that aspect, I always understand what we're going for. Um, there are, the only thing we talk about too is just getting more content out there and better content and utilizing and getting better usage out of some of the content that we did. Like there was one thing and um and I don't know if we spoke on this before, but like some of the one night onlys that we do and some of the explosion matches, you know, I could see some of the guys backstage sometimes they're they're putting a little less effort into that because you know, the feeling is that the company doesn't put as much effort into it. And that's something I've been hammering home. I'm like, you know, you got to go out there and, and, you know, for me, whether I was on velocity or heat, I, I treated those matches just as important as if I was on Raw, SmackDown, or a pay-per-view. You know, you got to be proud of every second that you're out there. You got to be proud of everything that you put out. I don't think you can go throughout my career, put put pick out a match and go, oh, the hurricane called it in on that one. No, he really dialed it in. No, you cannot do that with me. I went out there every single time, and that's something I really try to stress with guys, especially if I'm the agent, you know, and if if, if I think they're a half-ass, and when they come back, I'll let them know. You know, I, I'm very vocal about my shit sometimes. Well, most of the time I'm vocal about it. So um, that's something, like, I hear about as far as improving our content and, and stuff like that and uh, our digital content. You see some of the stuff we've, we've done, like, uh, I think it was last week when uh, – you know, we went off the air before before they announced of the last guy in the in the big feud there, and you had to go to digital content to find out who it was. Like stuff like that, I, I find to be interesting. I'm not sure how well all all of that works, um, but I think it'd be interesting. It reminded me of when I was a kid, you know, and something would happen, and Dave Crockett, you know, David Crockett would be going bananas and shit because we're running out of time, and then the shit would cut off, and I'd be standing there going, "Damn it! Damn it! Damn it!" So uh, I really like that. That was uh, I thought that was pretty exciting. It's it's yeah. I think that it, it's so crazy how the climate has changed. Like I wonder what segments would have made it. What segments wouldn't have made it if social media was an option twenty years ago? Like Attitude Era type of stuff. Like who knows what would be where? Uh, I think it, it's helped a lot of people get over like. Eli Drake, I first came to enjoy him by seeing like the, the web exclusives Impact would do. Things like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, this guy is – he's really fun. Like I, I enjoyed his mic work. I thought he was kind of different, kind of reminiscent of some of the guys that I liked in the past, but, but of his own way. And uh, I don't think enough of that is really taken into effect when numbers are reported. 
I think that right. social media engagement is important, but it's it's so hard to quantify. It's so hard to measure that stuff. Uh, is there are there any other tendencies you see like wrestling websites, news sites using like that that you're like that ain't right? Um, other I mean, other than the obvious clickbait ones, you know, which are they'll put up a headline, but it's really a fat burner product that they're trying to sell. Yeah. And uh, I fall for those motherfuckers all the time because it'll be something <laughs> that I'm interested in, but then they're just trying to sell me a fat burner. And I'm starting to get a complex about it because, man, I'm not fat anymore, but you're making me feel that way. Um, just the overall negative negative thing, you know, really trying to go for the bad news instead of, of, of the good news, you know, and that's almost something that – you kind of have to go with because bad news moves faster and it, it, it's, yeah. it makes more noise than, than good news. But I, you know, I, I wish that these websites would realize still too, that you're making your money off the business. So why not help it some, even if it doesn't help us help you as much as it, as some of the bad news is you're still making money off this industry. Why are you trying to tear it down constantly? Why is that the main objective to report the bad news, man? You know, whenever something good goes on or you hear a good story, how about blasting that just as much as you blast, you know, pages, fucking pictures or whatever, or, or all the other shit that goes on, or Ric Flair, you play, know, whatever, t- calling a bartender yeah. a fat ass. You know, who gives a To play devil's advocate, I mean, good stuff's supposed to happen. People are supposed to be good to each other. So that shit is highlighted. It's like, because it's like, why the fuck are you doing that? Why are you calling a bartender a fat ass? Now, granted, Ric Flair's Ric Flair, but... Should he be yeah. a dick? That was just a Tuesday for Ric Flair. That's the world champ. Did they, not, did they not see him? Have they never been introduced? I was like, but that just happened because it was Rick. You know, anybody else, it's a, it's a non-issue. It's like, you know, it is what it is, I guess. I had somebody let's get talk upset. about another one that me and you went back and forth on was Ariel yeah, Hawani, your boy. Uh my boy spoiling the Brock Lesnar thing like that to me like I still stand that that was a dick move okay you so can explain I explain to the people what happened it was you at well it wasn't UFC 200 it was ahead of UFC 200 I can't remember the the precise event forgive me guys but before the event Ariel Hawani revealed that the UFC had been negotiating with Brock Lesnar uh he was ejected from the event along with his videographer and photographer and banned by the UFC because they wanted to break that news on the air. Shane didn't take kindly to uh, Helwani's actions. I said, you know what? I, I, I see his point. He's a journalist. He has to report it. They wanted to drop the news as a surprise on their own. Fortunately, uh, guys like Joe Rogan, he hadn't seen it. So his reaction to the news on air was, was legitimate. That was kind of cool. Now, Shane, I'll, I'll say this because I've been on both sides of the fence. I've reported some stuff that is supposed to be surprises, and then I didn't. Like the Ronda Rousey WrestleMania thing, I had that. I told my boss, and I said, I'm not going to report it because I don't know what good it could do two to three hours before the event. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, what – I mean, it, it'll get us some clicks, sure. He was at the event, and he was like, do what you want to do. I didn't, and I'm glad I didn't because that was a really cool moment. Now, do I think that my story would have gotten out to 100,000 people? I mean, online, sure. I don't know if it would have affected those in the crowd. Who knows if that could spread like wildfire. I don't know if this affected UFC's announcement that much. If anything, 
I felt like it helped it because our social media engagement from the time Hawani had announced that throughout that event shot through the roof because people were anticipating it. But, but I know that, you felt strongly in the other direction. Uh, how did you feel about the situation? I, I definitely hated it because, I mean, I looked at it from the promoter standpoint. Like if I'm running a show and I got this surprise built in that I want to give to my audience, that paying customer, not social media that's sitting at home and there's no way to verify whether they're contributing one fucking dollar to the product at all. So no matter how much that social media blew up, there's no way to, like to say, quantify what did that mean in dollar revenues for USA? That don't mean shit for them at all. So you got these customers in attendance that you have planned this big announcement for to give them this moment to reward them. Because that's what that's for. And then some jackass goes and spoils it. Well, ultimately, Hawani is a journalist and he works for MMA fighting. He's got to justify that salary somehow. I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, I get why he's I get why he's doing anything for a click. But if I'm that promoter and you go and you fuck my show up and it did, it took away the surprise element, especially like when people was like, man, I, you know, yeah, it got spoiled for me because I heard that, too. I heard I heard a lot of people talking about how how, you know, because they're looking at their phone and for whatever reason. And maybe they should have just been paying attention to the show. But you've been in UFCs. There's downtime in between shit, you know, the. Fights don't happen one after the other or as quick as you might see on a pro wrestling show. There's a lot of fucking downtime in between fights sometimes. So, I mean, like I say, you know, I'm a promoter and I've promoted shows and I've done shows and I've had special appearances where I want that crowd to get that genuine reaction of this person coming out and not knowing. You know, I want that. But then if somebody went out there and told everybody right before my big special surprise, that would piss me off. Without a doubt, because you're ruining it for them. You're taking away something that I'm trying to build. So that's definitely a, a fuck you to me. That's how I would take it. And that's how I took it then. I wish I could remember the event. I feel like it was uh, maybe UFC 199, Rockhold versus Bisping. I think. I think that's what it was. But I can't really remember. But I do remember that when it was announced, like, or as it was announced, like, on a wrestling website at the time, which I worked for, engagement during a UFC show hit or miss. But when that was when the rumors started circulating, the boards went crazy. The attention I think any rumor about Brock watching. Lesnar, any rumor about Brock Lesnar, the boards go crazy. But did a bunch of people go sure. buy that fucking pay per view just because of that? Maybe. Maybe. No. No. Three hundred twenty thousand people bought it, and that was not the number that they were that they were expecting for Rock. That was because business. of Brock. You, you think that was because of Ariel Hawani's fucking tweet? Well, they didn't announce the Brock thing until midway through the pay-per-view. People weren't buying the pay-per-view at 1130 at night. So you're saying people went and bought it after that? They, Ariel Hawani announced this well before the show. He announced it that afternoon. No, I'm talking, I'm talking about the actual Brock Lesnar pay-per-view. Oh, well, that, no, this was – I'm talking about the 199 show, I think, that they announced it on. Well, I don't think they would. I mean, over a million, over a million people bought the UFC 200 show, and that was because of Brock Lesnar. Yeah, a million people bought that show because of Brock Lesnar. Yeah, probably a million point or 1.5 would have bought it if John Jones hadn't went and fucked up. But you live and you learn. Sure. That is that's that's a tough situation because you have to weigh as a journalist. You have to weigh things. Now, the situation Ariel Hawani was in at that point was he got banned and his outlet got banned. And they were a very, they are a very respected outlet. 
But wasn't he also on the UFC payroll at one time? What I was going to mention. Oh, go ahead. He was on the, He worked for Fox, but when he got his checks, they came from the UFC, which he mentioned. That's a big no-no. And you take your media ethics class, which I did, and they say, don't do that shit. And if you do do that shit, disclose that you're doing that shit. Because there's nothing wrong. Hey, if WDB wants to pay me, there's nothing wrong with that, but I need to disclose publicly. I'm being paid by the WWE. Anything I write about the WWE has that stigma, has that slant, has that concern. Like maybe, maybe there's some bias behind this. That wasn't the case with Ariel. I mean, he disclosed it and uh, after the fact, but he didn't disclose it during the fact. I think that's, I do think that's an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I could see that questioning his journalistic integrity. I mean, that's we're not hiding the fact that you work for fucking Impact. I do, but um, I think too, like the story about the Brock, I just don't think it was that big of a fucking story. It wasn't like no groundbreaking. It wasn't like he found it's a cure for cancer. He just it's found a fucking story. It was a huge story. No, it was a surprise. It was giant. It was it was a story like once he came out, like talking about how it how it might could have uh, developed and all that shit. But just to spoil it, to take away the uh, the shock value of the announcement, you know, that's that. I don't. I don't know. But then again, even if it I was say, like, okay, I want to, I'm going to take away from this company and this support. I'm going to hurt their product and hurt their support and hurt what they're trying to do just so that everybody can come click on my shit. You know, so that, that's the battle. Do you care about yourself can, more than you care about that product? I can say that Brock Lesnar in negotiations with UFC was one of the biggest, probably the most visited articles I ever wrote in my entire life and that was secondhand that was just based off of ariel hawani's information that came out like it was huge i mean probably up there with the cm punk thanksgiving night shoot interview that was a big one and then then uh cm punk going to the ufc isn't that weird how many people claim they hate the crossover but anytime brock lesnar takes a dump in like a porta potty near a ufc event Big news, brother. Big news. Big news. Big news. Now, are there any things you see on wrestling sites that maybe aren't done elsewhere that you're like, yeah, not bad? Um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I don't look at them nowhere near as much as I used to. You know, when, when the whole web thing first really exploded, like there was just so much positivity. You know, it was like... It was like Entertainment Weekly, you know, like I like the entertainment industry and I like how Entertainment Weekly, you know, there's a lot of little features in there which are just fun and you're showing a lot of cool stuff that goes on. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, honestly, how many sites can you look at and see an overwhelming amount of positivity or amount of fun stuff or just cool shit, you know? You can't just slob the balls of every promotion. You got to report the facts. You got to report the news. I'm not asking you to slob the balls, but you ain't got to jam nothing up their ass either. You know what I mean? You're making money Some off people of this are into that type of shit. You're making money off of this business. How about like trying to help it out a little bit instead of just fucking leeching off of it? Well, is that a novel like, idea? Let me be respectful to the business I make money off of instead of taking like, away from the, it and jabbing it constantly. Should the writers during the baseball steroid scandal, should the writers not have written about that because they're making their living off of baseball? Should they have not covered the, the steroid 
scandal? I mean, I think that's a very one one thing. You look at the negativity about pro wrestling, and it's all the fucking time. It's not just one little story here and there. It's all the fucking time. It's constantly. Like I say, they just fucking wrote a story about Ric Flair calling the bartender fat. Who gives a fuck? That bartender was fat. Well, Actually, he was kicked I, out. I, didn't, I didn't get to see him. He was kicked out of the bar. That's why it happened. Had he just called him fat, and that would have been that, I don't think it would have been written. But he got kicked out of the bar. Was it Cheers? See if it was Give me Cheers, an over. It would have been a good story. Give me an estimate. How many bars do you think Ric Flair's been kicked out of in his life? I don't know. <laughs> That's a, you got to sit there and do some. You got to look like Zach Galifianakis in The Hangover when he's counting cards when you're figuring that one up. Why do you it's even like, make oh, that? Because I didn't. I didn't click on it, and you know, I'm speaking uh, kind of out of turn, I guess. Why even got him mad about the? It's like forty what? years, three hundred nights on the road a year. He goes out. No, why got him mad? Why did he call the bartender fat? I don't know. I didn't. There's no like story. backstory. There's no backstory from the bartender. He just walked in and said, "Hey, fat ass." I don't know. Where's I didn't the cover story? That story. Where's the journalism? Alex did that story. Maybe who? Alex, he's the one. He's the one on our site who covered that story. I believe. Did the bartender deserve it? Maybe the bartender deserved. Find out. I'll find out. Uh, one thing that I think that pro wrestling, whether it's the business and journalism, has down better than a lot of sports is almost the promotional tour aspect of it. Because, like, for example, Slammiversary is coming up in July. When Slammiversary happens, you're going to see a lot of fucking interviews with Mm -hmm. TNA wrestlers going around a lot of different sites. It's not like it used to be. you got to reach out to them, TNA. Amy, Zach, where are you? Get in my inbox, lady. Come on. (laughs) But – and the thing is, you can ask them about a variety of different stories. Whereas on the talk show circuit – like your Jimmy Fallon's and stuff like that, these people know what's coming. They know, and it's the fluff stuff generally, and you can't really ask them about anything. When you're you're promoting events for pro wrestling, you pretty much have free reign to ask these people what you want. You may get a work answer. You may get a real answer. You never know in that aspect. But that's, that's an aspect of wrestling journalism that I think is ahead because – like Kobe Bryant's doing, I don't know what the hell, he's got like some documentary project going on. First Take does it well. First Take's able to ask him a lot of stuff. But if he sits down on like Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Fallon, he's going to know every question coming his way. Uh, which, one now, think, to the de- which one do you think more people will watch? It depends. If LeVar Ball pops up in the middle of Kobe Bryant's interview on First Take, then more people are going to watch First Take. Really depends if he says something sure controversial. That? Are you sure about that? Maybe, maybe it, it depends. <laughs> so I don't know. Say, are you sure is about he out that? There, you is can't he out say there, maybe. Is he out there lip syncing with Jimmy Fallon? It 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 just, just depends. Saying, look at how positive Jimmy Fallon's show is, and a lot of fucking people watch it. Yeah, but that's not that's not always ethical. Oh, he but let me go fuck up the surprise for all Trump's these other nuts. people. That's ethical. He massaged Donald Trump's nuts for like 15 minutes. I would literally type anything oh. just to get a click, but let me talk about ethics. Get the fuck well, out. Let's caress journalistic ethics, like not moral ethics, like Colby Carino going and stealing some shit and people expecting us not to read it. The motherfucker got arrested. Sorry, Colby. 
And then we had some people saying, uh, I saw somebody say to Ryan Satin, well, why did you include the mugshot? Because in the climate we're in, where everybody has been taught to assume that everything they read now is fake, even the most credible of sites, you have to show visual evidence sometimes. So that, that's now, why stuff like that gets up there. There's going to be a mugshot now. If you get arrested, it's going sometimes. to be a Sometimes, like New York, New York doesn't publish theirs. Uh, New York City doesn't publish theirs. You should have got arrested in New York. My town has a website, and they put them all up every day. Yeah, jail tracker. Huh? Jail tracker. I'm on that shit. I watch that shit all the time. That's how I. That's how I see where my high school friends are these days. I don't hardly ever look at it, but I've seen it on occasion. They also got something. They also got something. It's a little newspaper that you can buy at the convenience convenience stores. It's a paper newspaper gimmick and uh it's called the slammer and it got what? all the mugshots from like three towns i made front page in that bitch <laughs> if guys, you're going to make the news you might as well make front page guys this is the topic that i think we're going to delve into again because i feel like the questions that are going to come in from this are probably worth another show in the future because There are a lot of aspects that we didn't touch on, and we will. Just send in your questions, what you all want me to ask Shane in regards to this. But I thought just a free-flowing conversation would kind of be good for its own show. Now, next week, you never know what our schedules are going to be like uh, because, you know, Shane's Shane's got to do some shit. I do have to do some shit. You got to do some shit. If we do it Wednesday night again, like we did last time. Okay. We do that. Yeah. We'll figure something out. I also, out. too, like, I want to say this, too, that the, the journalistic stuff, man, is real important to what we do now. Make no mistake about it. Like, I don't want that shit to go away because I, you know, uh, like I said, when the internet first got hot with wrestling, I was on that shit all the time. I was on all the sites, you know, clicking on all the stuff and reading about it. So it's very important. You know, I just wish I wish you had I have a little bit of more of a positive slant. You know, that's all. But then again, you know, uh, uh, some of the guys give you a lot of uh, fucking ammunition with negative shit. So that's <laughs> so very true. Out there, yeah, they're getting arrested for stealing crab legs or whatever the fuck it was. Um, somebody stole crab legs over the last couple of years. Who the fuck I mean, was listen, there's a football player that stole some fucking crab legs because I used to see a, a bunch of internet memes about it. Am I wrong? Am I, I making it. that up? I don't remember that, but I'm going to look it up now. Not this moment, but I will look it up. I mean, hey, a good example is your boy Alberto El Patron. He's he's talked to us a couple times for exclusive interviews. Man, the damn guy's going out and get, doing drunk rants on Triple H, calling him a pussy, getting stabbed, all kinds what? of stuff. Was it a rant? He was drunk. See, that, that's, a, that's a word that, that you website guys like to use. Anytime a wrestler says anything, <laughs> it's always a fucking rant. Every time. Like it, it could be like if I make three tweets in a row, Hurricane is ranting about whatever. Is it really a rant? <laughs> well, you are. Is it really a rant? Let's see. Here's what he says. You know, I'm close to the next town, Stanford. I could pay a visit to somebody. Stanford's only 45 minutes away. That's where all the pussies live, right? I could go there knocking someone's door. Hey, big nose with the small dick. That sounds like a rant, man. Yeah, but was he yelling or was he being funny? Like, you know, I mean, what does the word rant mean? Like, to me, and I could be just, maybe I've had this word wrong my entire life. But to me, Rant would be yelling and screaming and frothing at the mouth and ay, 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 that type of shit. Well, yeah. It says speak or shout doing? at length in a wild, impassioned way. A tirade. Was, that what, was, he, was he on a tirade? Was he in a 
yelling and screaming in a... Well, he did say big nose with a little dick. So. Yeah, but I can say, was he trying to be funny? I mean, you're laughing. Was he, well, I mean, was I he ranting? I don't know if he was on there like Chris Farley, like big nose and a little dick. I don't know if he was doing that. See, like that's how you spin the narrative, though. Anything Where can for people follow you on social media? Anything for a click. Get out of here. We're not like that. <laughs> Anything for a click. Now, please go to at ShaneHolmes.com and read all my tweets because I'm a funny <laughs> bastard. Also, go to at ShaneHolmes.com on Instagram because I'm a funny bastard on there. Man, uh, God, some guy got mad at me today about the United thing. It's amazing what gets people fucking mad. Like, I put up a United oh, movie because yeah. they're fucking hilarious. And uh, some guy got triggered by that. And, of course, anytime somebody don't like what I say, they got to attack my career. And it's always somebody, weird? Yeah, it's always somebody with 30 fucking followers telling me like I didn't have a career. I'm like, I'm still in the business. I've been in the business over half my fucking life. How, how is that not it's a career? Just, it's just weird shit in general, man. Like, yeah. what, what the fuck? Did you have, did you need to be Bruno fucking San Martino? I don't, I don't know. But like, if it, it's anything, too, though, if I say, man, I fucking uh, you know, I really didn't like last night's episode of The Walking Dead. Fuck you, Hurricane. You a jobber. Okay. Oh, <laughs> man. You never made a hey, minute. Yeah, I made a minute here, here, here. Yeah, but other than that. Okay. I get th- Hey, I get that, too. Sometimes people will be like, you fucking want to be journalist? I'm like, I don't care. I'll be whatever I want to be as long as my check's clear. I don't care if you call me a podcaster, a hack. I don't really care. My checks pay the same. Yeah, I'm going to be a I went to school for it. I, I, I honestly did want to be a journalist. That's, that's, that's what to... happened. That's why I enrolled. Damn. Guys, yeah, but, uh, register at Fightful.com. You get early access to shows like this, shows with Matt Riddle. Hey, if y'all didn't check out that Matt Riddle podcast, he surprised me with a shirt with my face on it last week. So this week, I surprised him and had Stokely Hathaway run in on a damn podcast. Talk some shit to him. That's how I do it, Shane. He had a curious shirt on. We're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.